Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Uh, hi, it's Judd Apatow calling. Hi, Judd. This is Justin Barney. You are calling the right person now. H- how's it going? <laughs> it's good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, uh, you're coming to Milwaukee on November 6th, which is an election al- day. That's right. Um, uh, what are you, are you going to get political? Well, I guess I'll have to. I mean, it's election it's day. I feel like most it. people, you know, they're going to, people got to go vote. Yeah. And they can take a break and laugh for a couple hours and then go home and watch the returns. And whoever you're rooting for, I'm sure it'll be uh, an emotional night. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think it's, it's good to take a break yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. So are you going to do, are you doing a stand-up set or are, you, are, you, are we just chatting or, or what? No, I'm doing a, I'm doing a stand-up comedy. I had a, you know, a special on Netflix this year called The Return. And, yes, wonderful. You know, I've r- written a new show that I'm doing now and... And just yeah, updating people on what's happening uh, in my world and a little uh, a little political talk. I don't know if that night we want more political talk or none at all. What would you prefer? Because me, I'm wrapped up in it. And so I am like, there are so many people that I know that are like, I want to just get out of it. I want to think about something else. Where I am like, I want to dig in, you know? Like, I want to go harder. What What do you, what is your persuasion there? I... Generally, when I'm home, when, when there are people on TV doing great political humor uh, on the talk shows, most of the time I don't want to watch it because I've watched so much news all day. Mm. And for some reason, I feel like everything's so serious, I don't want people to joke about it. Uh, Dude, I understand also, that. I'm so exhausted from it. But every time I watch something like Seth Meyers, I'm always amazed at how funny and brilliant they are. Right. And I'm so impressed. And I like writing jokes about it, and yeah. I like talking about it on stage. But when I get home, I, I, I'm usually watching so much that uh, I, I, I need to, to shut down. Yeah. I think it depends because if it's really good, there's like something that a couple comedians do where it's like you find the humor in it and you also find the issue like at its heart and you like really expose that one thing. And it's like, wow, that's powerful. And then there are comedians that are just like, how crazy is this? And I'm like, that is not helping the cause, you know? Yeah, and I don't know if any of it helps the cause, honestly. I That's think that true. We need to, I, I think we do need to blow off steam. I don't know how much of the satire is changing anyone's minds. You know, the people who disagree with certain comedians probably don't watch them. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it, if, it, if it moves the dial, but for certain people, you at least like to hear people and go okay i'm not crazy uh, this person is explaining it that's kind of what i thought uh, yeah hopefully uh, something positive uh, you know will will happen because i i believe we just want a world that's more compassionate and i'd like more people in the world to be kind and and care and and caring uh, about our feelings like I, I feel like what's happening it's almost like it's it's meant to make us insane yeah, uh, and 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 I would like politicians to realize they're also responsible for our spirit. And you know, I wasn't a big Reagan fan, but a lot of what people liked about him was he tried to make people feel good about America. Yeah, and you don't really hear much of that. It's pretty dark every day. And the one thing about Trump 
this isn't a joke, is he just loves brawling. He loves fighting. He loves every it. day. And I don't think he cares that that really wears on people. I mean, all the conflict. Uh, it, it, it's tough, and he's a bare knuckle brawler. Yeah, because that's and if there is if there isn't a brawl to have, he'll just be like, "I don't trust the FBI." <laughs> it's a stark one. And right. we we do need a break. You know, we're all frayed from it. Hmm. Because I think that he thinks that because fighting is the way that he wins, and so he is like, if he's not in a fight, like, what's he gonna do? Be compassionate? It's incapable. You know, it's like it's he's he's floundering then, and so it's like when he's got a fight, he's got like a direction, and people get riled up. You know. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know what's funny is making other people feel good is not his move. It definitely his move is. Not. His move might be to amuse people by calling someone an idiot. Right. But. He doesn't really know how to make anyone feel good without hurting someone else. Yes, it is the laughing at and like let's have a a villain so that that is his like making people feel good is making someone else feel bad and getting other people to laugh with. He's just a big bully, you know? And he's just like, "Oh, let's pick on somebody." And then everyone's like, "Oh, this That's guy's right. picking on somebody. I want to I, I don't want to be picked on. I'm going to laugh with this guy at somebody. Right. That's why when we all heard that he was obsessed with Shark Week, we're like, oh, it makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he loves that that battle. He loves the, the right. dangerous characters. So hopefully, you know, we'll have some we'll talk about some, some calmer things. times ahead. But I, it doesn't look that way. Yeah. Um, and then for the show too, you're doing uh, you were you're doing stand up. Um, the thing that I love about your writing for shows and producing is that, like, I, I'm wondering how you translate, I mean, we've seen how you translate into stand-up, but it's like you, you do this thing where, I, I, where, or my favorite part is where you have, like, somebody that you don't think is going to give, like, really great advice, like, suddenly, like, this person that you're supposed to not like does something that where you're like, God, they're great. And uh, it, it, I think it, it's like a, this really great understanding of like the human spirit. Um, uh, how do you get that character in your standup or how do you translate that to standup? Well, most of my standup is just about how I just don't know if I'm doing anything correctly. And I feel <laughs> like a lot of standup is, is about people saying, this is how it should be done. And this is where everyone's wrong. And here's my ideas. I think I mainly just say, I, I, I don't know if I'm screwing everything up. God, it is so refreshing. I don't know if I'm raising my kids right. I don't know if I've made them crazy. I don't know. You know, that, you know that's the hard part. Like, I was talking about how my daughter, you know, went away to college, so I just live with my wife and my daughter, and my daughter hates it mm-hmm. because four people is a family and three people is just a child observing <laughs> a weird couple. <laughs> And I feel bad for her. Like, I feel bad that she doesn't stare at me and my wife living yeah. our lives all day long. And, and so, you know, I, 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 a lot of what I've been talking about lately is just how you really don't know if you're, if you're raising your kids correctly. Like, you know, in California, marijuana is legal. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to be like, don't smoke pot, because it's literally legal to do. <laughs> yeah. So now... You're not really like teaching your kids to not do drugs. You're actually trying to teach them to do it well. 
Yes. You know, like this is how much pot you should smoke. Just say, have two puffs. <laughs> and you know you get a good buzz you know when you have mushrooms have a half a cap and a little stem and just wait it's coming just wait you know just do what daddy does and and so it's just a completely different world from when i was a kid and and we just don't know the damage we're doing yeah but do you is it better to like have this understanding that is like because that's more pragmatic. It's like looking at it and being like, okay, well, we got pot and it's legal now. Instead of like living in a world that is black and white, that is like there are things that are good and there are things that are bad, I, I, I think it's scarier that it's like where is that in between? But don't you think it's, it's like better than being like don't do, don't do this and do this because then that creates like some real issues. Well, you don't know. Like, you tell your kid to get off their phone, and then other people are like, maybe that's the future, and you're like an idiot telling them not to. <laughs> maybe you're holding them back severely because they're going to have a job in something to do with that phone, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, when you're like, just go read a book. You're supposed to read books, and that makes sense. But then what if you have the one kid who just can't use any of modern machinery because you force them to play with Lincoln Logs or something? Like, you just don't know. That's, that is what I find terrifying about it. I agree. Um, all right. I will get out of your hair in a second. Um, but I wanted to, like, you know, I saw Hal this week, the documentary about Hal Ashby. And, uh, oh, yes. It's an ex- excellent movie. Yeah. And it's like, I know that you must have recorded that probably like a deck, like, a year ago or something like that, but uh, I well, love my, my hair is dark and now it's gray. So it was a while ago. <laughs> but uh, I loved your contribution to that, and I, I loved it so much. Well, it's funny because I didn't even realize it when we were doing it, but near the end of Hal Ashby's life, he worked on movies, and a lot of studios would fight about the edit with him. And, and yeah, he, there was one movie where he, he was literally hiding the print of the film in his house and wouldn't give it back to the studio. And yeah, and I was talking about it in an interview and I said, you know, the thing is a lot of times the studios say like, I'm going to give you total freedom. And then you start making the movie and then they, they completely lied and they fight you on everything and it makes you feel insane. Yeah. So I, 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 I totally related to that because I've been through that where people are like, I'm going to back you up 100%. And then you say, hey, I want to cast this person. And they're like, no way. <laughs> and, and it makes you lose your mind. And so in the doc, when I talk about it, I get more emotional than I realized. Like I, yeah. I watch it and I'm like, wow, I look really furious. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, like, that little tiny nugget of insight totally made me understand the whole thing where it's like, why is this dude so upset at like, at these people that are like, um, like I get, like, I get why you would be upset with, with people trying to control you, but that made me really see it as, and like, you know, working in entertainment as well as like, you get a bunch of people that are like, yeah, we love you. Like we're going to, you're going to be able to do this and do this and do this. And then there's no way that they are going to do that. And then it is that series of lies. So that like that really, that little bit of insight uh, made me see that. Um, uh, as a producer, what did you think about him being so, uh, like, hiding the film and stuff? Were you like, oh, my God, I would lose my mind if somebody did that? Well, I have to say that, for me, that's the one area where I do get nuts. Like, 
if I have an edit of a movie and someone wants to make me change it against my will, that is where I'm like looking for gasoline and matches. Yeah. I, it, it, there's something about it that it's, 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 you know, it's like if, but that one made stairway to heaven, and someone was like, "You got to cut the the bridge part in the middle. It's too long." <laughs> right. You would want like Jimmy Page to go chase them down and beat <laughs> them up, and it's hard to control yourself because it's so important to you, and yeah. all you have is your vision. But a lot of times, other people are paying for the project, and they have a contractual right to do whatever they want with your movie. Like right. you actually don't have control of your movie and that's uh, that's when it gets ugly yeah and that's a tough part because i mean there's a part of of you that has to recognize that like this there are these like you know the, they there's some part of them that has like you can see their side you know but you can oh, also sure, yeah because most of the time the director does do a terrible job right i know and sometimes i think of that too where it's like we love the story where he was like, and especially like Hal Ashby, he was on the right side of history. You know, he was on the right side of history. He was doing the right things. What ended up being produced was like, was true art. We love that story, but you never hear the story of the executive that that went in and cut the film and changed everything. And it was way better because they did that. Well, well also those movies that Hal Ashby's uh, fighting about, which are not strong movies, when you watch them, you don't think, oh, if he could have edited this a little bit longer, it would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't look like they're, it doesn't seem like there's a good movie in that footage. Right. So that's the thing. You want to be on his side, but it's also, he might have been off his game on that one because even the best filmmakers, if, if half their movies are great, it's a miracle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, has got some clink, clunker movies. Uh, everybody does. And so it happens. And then the film executives, they, the other ones have to deal with it. So I both hate them and have great love and compassion. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love crashing as well. I listen to Pete Holmes like religiously. And I think of him as like my personal friend that I never get to talk to, but he yeah. talks to me for like two and a half hours every week. Um, so I, I love, I love crashing. I just want to say that. And uh, um, uh, Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. What is that? What's going on? Well, I made a, do a documentary about Gary Shandling, about his whole life. And it's a two-part, four-and-a-half-hour documentary. And it's just a very deep dive into a, a complicated, hilarious, brilliant man who is also a bit tortured. And you really learn why he was the way he was. You know, we just won the Emmy for Best Documentary this year. And people had a very strong reaction to him because he was someone that went through a lot of stuff in his childhood and he, and he tried to take the pain of his life and turn it into art and comedy. And he tried to lift people up by using his pain and suffering as yeah. fodder for you know, his, his creative life. And what a genius. I mean, I'm, I can't wait to, to dive into that because I love him. Um, and finally, I, I will let you go. Um, Bridesmaids filled in Milwaukee, filmed in Milwaukee, or parts were filmed in Milwaukee, um, or takes place here. Pride of Milwaukee. I just want to tell you how stupidly oh, we like love that there was a movie where somebody is like was from Milwaukee. We're always kind of like the, you know, we're next to Chicago. We have like an inferiority complex. 
And uh, um, we love the choice. What was the why? Why choose Milwaukee for that movie? And thank you. Well, I, I, well, I think that uh, you know, Chris and Wig and Annie Mumolo, the writers, they were very tuned into the idea that there was this politics between like people who live in the fancy big city and you know being looked down on by those people if you live you know outside in the suburbs or in a smaller city, and that to them was part of the psychology of the movie and of this character. It was something that they talked about from day one, you know, like that there'd be this like rich new friend from Chicago and and she, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I think it works great. And, you know, there should be more movies that take place in the Midwest for sure. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) All right. Thank you. That is it. You're coming to town November 6th at Turner hall. And, um, Thank you so much for being so generous with your with your time today, and uh, um, thank you for everything. I I super I love literally everything that you do. So um, thank you. Well, I uh, I I appreciate that, and uh, excited to come to Milwaukee, and and people can get tickets at uh, judappetow.com slash tour. Wonderful, great, and I'm gonna put a link to. Oh. I'm gonna write this up and put links everywhere too. So awesome. Um, All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys. Bye. Bye. All right. That was our conversation with Judd Apatow. Again, he is coming to Milwaukee on Turner at two Turner Hall Ballroom on November 6th, Election Day, to do stand up. Thank you to the Paps Theater for helping us set up this interview. Uh, cannot thank them enough and go to the show. It's going to be it's going to be great. I would like to go to that. Um, all right. Cinebuds is produced by Tyrone Miller. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Our theme song is from Brett Newski. Oh, wait a second. Let me think. Are you talking about the news? I can't wait to meet him. Can't wait to meet him. <laughs> and uh, we get... Uh, I, I always my brain just goes after that. I just get so excited about yelling the news. Um, we get what we get support from Associated Bank. Thank you. Associated also, Bank. each one of our organizations gets support from our members. Thank you, members. Yes. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts at Cinebuds. Uh, what is that? What do people say? Like, share, share, like, subscribe. Yeah, share, like, subscribe. Share, like, subscribe. The holy trinity of podcasts. <laughs> or don't, I feel gross saying that. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, next week, we are doing like a recap of the film festival. Just yeah, and we're going to have a best of after the fest. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at AssociatedBank.com slash MKEFilm. Member FDIC.